Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Indian Wells, the unofficial fifth major. That's so bad for a tournament that started in a hotel parking lot hidden in the desert between LA and Vegas. The setting now, it looks like an artist's rendering, framed by mountains and a vast canopy of sky, shaded by the colors of the desert. The playing conditions are what you might expect given the surroundings. Warm during the day, chilly once the sun goes down. The grounds are called a tennis garden, but it's a hard court event that can feel like gritty clay. It is a setting that demands players give everything they have. That old line about nothing grows in the desert? Welcome to the Vivid Exception. And for the second time in six months, paradise is found as the tennis world returns to Indian Wells. Welcome to TC Live at the BNP Paribas Open. Tennis Paradise once again springs eternal in its usual spot on the calendar. There are more fans, plenty of fanfare, and a feeling of normalcy that hasn't existed in quite some time. Day one in the desert, Ladies' Day, as the only main draw matches feature the WTA. We've got 17-year-old American Robin Montgomery taking on the Grand Slam giant killer Kaya Kanepi, plus an All-American battle between Ali Risk and Katie McNally, Haley Baptiste at a career high facing Isla Tomjanovic, and the night session spotlighting Ukrainian star Diana Yastremska and American Sofia Kennan. Here at Tennis Channel, we bring you exclusive first ball to trophy lift coverage of the BNP Paribas Open. Welcome into TC Live. It is our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball every day the next two weeks here in the desert. Steve Weissman alongside a couple of Grand Slam champions, former world number six Chanda Rubin, coach to the stars Paul Anacone. Guys, it was two years ago that the world came to a close. And the BNP Paribas Open, the first major sporting event to shut its doors because of COVID. Two years later, we're back in March once again. It, it feels normal. What does it feel like to you? Now, I think this tournament being back in its original slot is as close to normal as we have had in quite a while. And you mentioned in 2020, this was the tournament where players were ready. They were on site, ready to play, and things unexpectedly shut down. And it has been a roller coaster, really, over the last couple of years. So it's nice to be back here in the normal spot. We enjoyed it in October as yes. well. But March, it just feels a lot better. It just feels right, doesn't yep. it, guys? I mean, it was fun to be here in October, but to be here now now and to see the weather and the grounds are always spectacular here uh tommy haas and the team do such a wonderful job it's so much fun for us to be here and you're right it was just a couple years ago where i was here i was down here and you first heard all the rumors and then basically the globe shut down and and it was so scary and we're all hoping this is uh just another one of those stairs back to normalcy we're getting closer and it is great to be here so many more fans here this year you, you can sense the 
excitement. I mean, you look behind us. There's nothing better than Tennis Paradise this time of year in March. This is where it's meant to be, and it is so good to be back here on Tennis Channel. Of course, this year we have a full Indian Wells experience for you. Five different ways to catch the action from the desert here on Tennis Channel, our Bally Regional Sports Networks. We got T2 this year, Judgment Day, on your Samsung TV. (laughs) That's right, you better watch or Arnold will come for you. Uh, TC Plus and Tennis.com as well. Well, nobody has had a better start to the season than one Rafa Nadal. In fact, at 35 years of age, he has had the best start of his career. A perfect 15-0 and three titles, Paul, including Grand Slam number 21 at the Australian Open. What an amazing start to 2022 for Rafa Nadal. And he's talked about it this fall. He wasn't sure, not not if he was going to win again. He wasn't sure if he was going to play again. Had the procedure done on his foot. Got down to Australia early. Won the 250 event in Melbourne. And what did he do after that? He came back from two sets to love in the finals Mm. against Medvedev in one of the best matches of grit I have ever seen. And then on to Mexico he goes. Another title this guy is just amazing. Yeah, it, it's been incredible. And I think more so because there were so many questions going into Australia. Would he be healthy enough to play? He's talked about that foot injury that. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Australia was unbelievable and I think it's just been so impressive the way he seems to get better just when you think there isn't anywhere else for for Nadal to go to he's done everything in tennis he does one better 21 major titles he is taking the all-time lead now mentioned the singles titles that he continues to rack up and it's just been so impressive this year our zip recruiter player resume you see what he's done this year we talked about it three more titles by the way on hard courts the only active male player to have at least 20 or more titles on two surfaces. We know what he's done on clay, but this court is a this man is a, is a hardcore genius. Rafa Nadal has got 25 of those as well. You remember it was 15 years ago he won his first title here in the desert. He's won three times here, Paul. How do these conditions suit him this year? I think the conditions are great for Rafa here. It's a gritty court. The ball grabs the court, goes through the court uh, a little bit slower once it hits the court, Mm. but faster through the air, which means his spin is going to be exacerbated, which means that's problems for the other guys on the other side of the net because the ball's going to grab and jump, and we know how well he moves and most importantly, he is so confident looking at those numbers 25 times a titleist on hard courts it gets tiring to talk to people because they say he's one-dimensional he was just so dominant on the clay this guy can play on everything and to see him at 35 years of age this confidence starting a year 15 and 0 i just think it's a great story three more wins he'll have the second longest unbeaten streak to start a season since 1988 so you think he'd probably get that done. I mean, what he's doing this year at 35, so impressive, Rafa Nadal. On the women's side, last year we had a breakthrough champion. Paula Bedosa had the season of her life. 
capped off that career year by taking the title here in October. That win over Victoria Azarenka got her into the WTA finals for the first time. It was the longest women's final in Indian Wells history, and Bedosa Chanda became the first woman from Spain to hold this trophy. Uh, so many incredible moments for Paula Bedosa. She, she started last year right inside the top 70 and ended in the top 10, made the tour finals, came on strong uh, towards the end of the year, and we just saw her confidence grow. You know, she's a player who's so solid from the ground, but she has weapons. She can really push players around. She's got the big serve when she needs it, and just an all-around complete game, and we saw it in the final last year here, one of the best matches of 2021 against Azarenka. She just got better at each moment she needed to, and that's the sign of a player who's ready to play at the top of the game. If the tournament had been held in March last year, she would not have been seeded. This year, she is a top 10 seed. Paula Bedosa, as we take a look at the top seeds on the women's side, Barbora Krejcikova had to pull out of this tournament. No Ash Barty either, but you've got the heavy hitters, Arena Sabalenka. Plus, you've got two-time semifinalist Karolina Pliskova playing her first event of the season. How about Elena Ostapenko at 10? Made the semifinals last year. She's won nine straight matches, 14 wins overall this year. Who are your favorites, Chanda? I mean, you've got to give Ostapenko, you mentioned, Steve. She did well. I think semifinals last year, she loves these courts. You look at Iga Sviantek, who was sitting there at, at number three and who's had a terrific start to the year. She's gaining confidence. I mean, we talk about the storylines on the women's side. And, you know, you can look at any of those names and anybody can come through. But there are some players that have really risen to the occasion in some of these big matches so far. And I put them those two at the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, that whole list, there's a lot of different uh, skills, but a ton of talent across the board, right? And we talked about so many different ways that these players can hurt you. One of the issues that I have with one of my picks, Sabalenka, is the serve, right? Mm -hmm. She's had issues with her serve this year. Um, the good news for her, she's averaging only four double faults per match in her last five matches. So she's starting to get the serve back, and when her serve is back and she's confident, she is so good and so powerful from the back of the court. Even on the gritty court, here she can hit through a player so I think with the confidence coming back on her serve she's going to be tough to deal with here she'll be so excited to be here Paul remember last year she tested positive for COVID was locked up in a room couldn't play this event now she's back and you talk about Iga Sviantek. She's tied with Ostapenko. 14 wins this year, so comes in with a whole lot of confidence. On the men's side, we also had a breakthrough champion. It was Cam Norrie, the Brit, who came out of nowhere to win the title at Indian Wells. The biggest title of his career, becoming the first man in over a decade to be ranked outside the top 25 and lift the trophy in the desert. He left here as the British number one and returns, Paul, at a career-high 12 in the world. Now, 12 in the world is great. It does not get him into the top 10 seeds as you take a look at this list. Yeah, that tells you about how much talent there is here, right? I mean, Nori's not in the top 10 seeds, but played so great down here. And look at the names here. This is a star-studded field. But, gang, you know what I'm really happy about? Look at that bottom row and the gentleman just second from the far right. Felix Auger Aliasim got off the snide, won a title this year, finally breaking through and winning that title in Rotterdam, then a final in Marseille. I, I think it's going to be the floodgates for him now. This kid's unbelievably confident, uh, can play on every surface, one of the best athletes out there, understands how to play his power game, and now we can stop talking about, oh, he's 0-8 in finals. Well, I always love the stat that 0-8's better than 0-0. At least he got there eight times. It wasn't a matter uh, of if he was going to do it. It was just when and when has happened, and he's going to be tough to deal with here. He is still just 21 years old. 
you've got Daniil Medvedev in there. World number one at a tournament for the first time in his life, and it's a very big tournament. Yeah, I and mean, you look at that list, Stephen. I, I love when you look at the ages of all of those players. I mean, you got Nadal in there, of sure. course. He's kind of <laughs> like the old man, but 35 years young. <laughs> um, but, you know, so many young players on the men's side that are finally making these breakthroughs, getting the confidence they need in big matches, and certainly Medvedev. You know, he's been right behind sort of the big three and finally making his move, getting to number one in the world. What a huge boost after the start he's had to the year. We talk so much about Rafa Nadal and, you know, him being undefeated. But Medvedev, he was impressive at the AO. And that final, the way he went toe-to-toe in some of those big moments, he's definitely going to win again and win big. And you expect him to kind of sit right at the top of the game for a very long time. And Medvedev's such an interesting story, right? Because he's such an atypical player. Six-foot-six guy that's probably the best counterpuncher in the world. Maybe not quite as good as as Novak, but right there in that same conversation. And to see him come into his own last year at the U.S. Open and win that title there and to watch how dominant he's been on the hard courts. His comfort level on the hard courts is second to none. Played great in Australia, but Nadal's just showed you Really, what he can do at every single moment, down two sets to love coming back. But Medvedev handled that, I thought, really well afterwards. The thing I'm a little concerned with about Medvedev is that when he went to Mexico and played Rafa again, he played a little bit out of his comfort zone from the beginning. Served and volleyed some early on, did some stuff that really isn't what he does at his best. Perhaps he was trying out some different tactics. I love the fact that he and his coach, uh, Gilles Savard, are trying to get better in all aspects of the game. But he's got to remember what makes him great against the great players. And if he does, that number one ranking is going to stick with him for a while. Those two, Medvedev and Nadal, could meet for the third time this year in the semifinals here at Indian Wells. We talk about Novak Djokovic still in the draw as the two-seed. Tournament director Tommy Haas will be joining us later on TC Live. Give us a status update on Novak Djokovic and whether or not he'll be able to play here. A lot to get to on the show. The latest on Alexander Zverev's punishment from Mexico. Plus, how about this? We got a new member of the TC fam, former world number one Caroline Wozniacki, making her tennis channel debut today. And the last American man to win in the desert was Andre Agassi. We'll tell you who could be next. But first, the rise of Paula Badosa. How the former junior Grand Slam champion is now a contender at the pro level. We go behind the scenes with the defending champ. TC Live is brought to you in part by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Not in a sportsbook state? Download any of the apps and play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code POINT when you sign up. And by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And Flonase Allergy Relief. Spraying Flonase daily stops your body from overreacting to allergens all season long. Welcome back to TC Live. We've got these matches featured on T2, streaming for free 
on your Samsung TV. Petra Martic in action. Anastasia Potapova, Angelina Kalinina, American Katie Volinets. She's been playing well of late, taking on Aronska Rus. All these matches for free. Samsung TV on T2. Meantime, go to Tennis.com to get all the information you'll need to follow the BNP Paribas Open from Indian Wells. Right now, Joel Drucker profiles our own Tracy Austin on the cover of Tennis Magazine this month. And Steve Tigner has your three to see on day one in the desert. Now it is time for the Bloomberg Business Report. This is a special Bloomberg update for Tennis Channel. The top story we're watching today, of course, is around the war in Ukraine. Earlier today, Maria Tadeo of Bloomberg, in an exclusive interview with one of President Zelensky's top aides, learned that the country would consider some position of neutrality, but they won't give an inch relative to territory. Now, related to the story, of course, is the absolute exodus that we are seeing of companies out of Russia. More than 300 companies, from McDonald's to Starbucks to Cat. They are all, quote-unquote, self-sanctioning or cutting off business with Russia. This, of course, in hopes of pressuring Vladimir Putin into changing course in the war against Ukraine. Related to this, of course, is President Biden yesterday saying that the U.S. would ban the import of Russian oil, another important pressure on Vladimir Putin given Russia's oil output each year. From New York, Abigail Doolittle, Bloomberg News. Thank you, Abigail. We are about 40 minutes away from first ball, day one. Robin Montgomery looking for her first top 100 win against Kaya Kanepi, playing her first tournament since making the quarters at the Australian Open. TC Live rolls on after this. Shanda, Paul, and Steve back on TC Live. At this time last year, Paula Bedosa was ranked 69 in the world. By the end of Indian Wells in the fall, she had made a major quarterfinal for the first time, won her first title, and then broke into the top 10 by raising the trophy here. Here's a deeper look at the life of this rising Spanish star. I love this city. I think the energy, it's so amazing and so nice that the people are, they, they open like your arms and they, you feel like a family. I'm very happy to be living here and uh, I'm very um, proud of my country and I'm very excited to be living in Madrid. My name is Paula Badosa and I'm from Spain. My family was living in US, 15 years in New York, they were working there and uh, I was born there and I lived until I was seven years old. And then uh, we decided to come back to Spain. My whole family is from Spain. And then it's there when I started to play tennis. Not so many Spanish players won that tournament before, I think one player. So um, it was quite big here in Spain and they were putting a lot of pressure on me and everything came like super fast. They were like expecting the next year like to change from juniors to pro and to be like top 20, top 10. And it was too much because I wasn't prepared, not even mentally, but not even my tennis was prepared to be on that level. A lot of times I had like depression, anxiety and all these kind of things during quite a few years. And uh, one of the things I regret maybe in that moment is I was very close on myself and I didn't talk to too much people and I, I didn't ask for help. That was maybe one of the things that I could change. 
I think it's important when you speak and when you talk about all these things and you turn them like normal because they're normal. I think Charleston was a little bit the click. It's the winner of career. She's taken down the world number one Ash Barty. Sometimes you have this match, you win a very good match. Your head is like, okay, I won number one in the world. Now I can believe I can win any match. Go for it. Go for that point, be aggressive. That's how I train and that's how my coach wants me to play. Self-confidence is what clicked. I knew that it could come, but I wasn't expecting that that fast. I remember doing all these results and like super like released, like finally after a lot of years maybe struggling or not being where I was dreaming or I was wishing. It was like my time is coming. We worked very hard that few weeks after US Open. And I remember going to Indian Wells with no expectation, to be honest. First match was very, very tough. Second match, I started to feel better. And third match against Barbara Krejcikova, I think I played very, very good match, almost perfect. In that moment, I started to think I could do a very good tournament, and, and it came. I remember I was super nervous. I know Vika was playing very well, and I followed her since I was a little girl, and I always wanted to play like her. There were very long points. Both of us are very competitive, and we like to move uh, on the court, so it was a, a very, very tough and crazy match. I couldn't believe what was happening, but I was just hearing like all the crowd getting crazy, and I got like so emotional because slowly I was like, I, I just won one of the biggest tournaments in the entire world. What could be better than dreams of success? How about when those dreams become reality? I'm trying to like accept what's happening, to accept um, where I am, and I always want to be here. I think the important part is never forget where I come from, to not forget that maybe a year ago I was 17 in the world. I always wanted to be one of the best players in the world, and I think that's what keeps me motivated and what keeps me inspired and working hard every day. Oh, that smile says it all. Her time has come. What a year for Paula Bedosa. Got her first title in Belgrade. That was amazing. Came here to Indian Wells. Biggest title of her life. Went to Paris. Made her first major quarterfinal. 43 wins overall and got inside the top 10. Made the WTA finals. In fact, she got to a career high four in the world last month, Chanda. What did Paula Bedosa do best to get into the top 10 last year? You know, I think sometimes you, things just click for a player. And, you know, from one week to the next, it's the beauty of tennis. Things can turn around so drastically. But I think she just started to gain confidence. I mean, we saw early in the year in, in 2021 where she started to do well on the clay. That's one of probably her favorite surface. But she has the game that can translate to the hard courts. And so building that confidence, getting a few of the bigger wins under her belt in big moments. And she battled. There were some tough three-set matches over the course of the year where, 
could have gone either way, similar to that Indian Wells fi final. And for Paula Badosa, she just had that little added belief. She's got the big game. She has the weapons from the ground. Her serve is a big weapon as well. And I think she just believes now that she can play at the top of the game. And, you know, that is a game changer, <laughs> for lack of a better word. When you start to get that type of belief, that's how you get to the top 10 and, and stay there. Yeah, it's Chanda mentioned the, the, the weapons, right, the weapons that she has and, and the belief that came along with those weapons. And it's really interesting for me to watch a player because as a coach, you, you go through I'm, – I'm a big process guy. Let the process of how you go through stuff lead to your results, okay? Don't get too hung up on the results and rankings. But to see someone go from 70 to top 10 – that's pretty miraculous because usually you see little increments. You want to break the top 100, then the top 50. Very comfortable, I think, now at the top of the game. Welcome back. Perfect weather, palm trees, prolific players. It is all in tennis paradise as we kick off the 2022 BNP Paribas Open today. Our featured matches on Stadium One. It is Ladies Day. 17-year-old American Robin Montgomery taking on the Grand Slam giant killer, Kaya Kanepi. Plus, the All-American battle. Allison Risk against the qualifier, Katie McNally. Haley Baptiste, she's at a career high, taking on Isla Tamjanovic. And then the night session, spotlighting Ukrainian star Diana Yastremska and American Sofia Kennan. Time now, back on the desk, Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin, and we are so happy to welcome in the Indian Wells Tournament Director, friend of the show, Tommy Haas. It's great to be back here with you, Tommy, in March for the first time in three years, uh, a sense of normalcy here on the grounds in the desert. What's it like for you to be back here in March to have Indian Wells normal time slot? It's great. It's phenomenal. It's great to see you guys um, where you belong in March. Springtime tennis. I mean, there's no better place to be than uh, than right here, right now in Indian Wells. I mean, you know, even walking around the last couple of days, you know, doing the qualifying, everybody is excited, enthusiastic to be back. Um, it's great to see and uh, ready to get it going. Yeah, well, we've had some fantastic storylines already to start the year, and the one that kind of stands out is Rafa Nadal. Right. He's undefeated. He won a historic major number 21 in Australia. What do you make of the start to the year that he's had? Yeah, it's truly, uh, truly incredible. Um, I had the chance to actually have dinner with him the other night, so I got a little bit more of the insights uh, about uh, his start to the season. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, when uh, Roger was injured for about the six, seven months and he came back in 2017 and sort of, you know, had a phenomenal start to the season when he won Australia, came here and to Miami to win that and then and on to win Wimbledon. So I kind of have the same sense that, you know, when you are this, at this stage in your career, coming after injury, not really knowing what it's going to be like, you're so happy, so excited to be back and then actually, you know, winning the Australian Open again, getting to 21 after having so many, you know, finals there as well that sort of didn't go his way, right, against Djokovic that one time he was up 4-2 in the fifth set, against Roger, 3-1 up in the fifth set, against Dan Marinka, who he's never lost, and he was injured in that final. So I feel like he had so many setbacks there to then win it there again, I think was one of his, you know, greatest uh, achievements, and now he's leading. So we'll see how it goes, and, uh, and for many reasons, I think he's also going to be the man to beat here. So we'll, we'll see what, what's going to happen. Yeah, well, another kind of crazy storyline last year was Paula Badosa. The moves she made 
to the top of the game. She was the champion in October, and she's looking to repeat, to become the first woman to repeat in the desert. Our last repeat champion, we talked about this a little earlier, was Martina Navratilova, right. 1990 to 91. But Paula Bedosa, what do you make of her game? Why has she gotten uh, so good recently? How has she turned it on, and what do you expect of her this year? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a privilege to watch her play last year um, here in October. Um, I think the final against Azarenka was probably one of the best finals we've seen on the WTA Tour in, in 2021. Uh, back and forth the entire time. I think her style of play, uh, especially here, how it plays in the desert where the ball kind of flies through the air a little bit faster, ball puffs up a little bit, you know, her game with the, the, that big forehand, lots of spin, moving really well and competing hard. Um, I think she, she has a good chance if she gets a couple of matches in here to maybe be the first one to defend the title here since Navratilova, which is obviously, it seems like it's a very, very hard thing to do. Um, but uh, overall, yeah, just a you know, real professional. I think she's very determined and uh, she knows what she wants. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if she can uh, have a good run again. Yeah, on the women's side, we've seen a lot of breakthroughs in the desert, whether it was Osaka or Andrescu and then Bedosa last year. On the men's side, we've got a new world number one in Daniil Medvedev. This is the first time he's playing a tournament as the number one player in the world. The two seed, though, is Novak Djokovic. He's won this tournament five times. He is not in the country yet. What, what's his status? Will he be able to play? We are obviously in very close uh, contact with, uh, with his team. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, it's yet to be determined if he's going to be playing here um, because he's waiting to see if he gets the uh, approval by the CDC to, to enter the country. And that's where we stand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll see what happens with him. Whether he plays or not, obviously you have some of the best players in the world. What have you seen from Daniil Medvedev in his rise to number one in the world? Yeah, I mean, we've seen him now for a few years, I think, you know, playing very consistent tennis uh, when he is on and when he sort of plays his game. It's very, very difficult to go through him. I mean, you know, for six foot six, he's like a, like a Schwartzman out there in some ways, you know, moving so incredibly well. He's so far behind the baseline, even if you try to surf and volley or kind of change it up. Um, it's, 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 it's very hard to kind of, you know, figure out a game plan to try to beat him. And, uh, you know, when you have confidence in this game, as you know, Chanda, it, it takes you to a whole other level, right? You kind of feel like you're sort of un, uh, untouchable and there's only really a few people that can beat you. And I think if you keep winning and you get the monkey off your back of winning your first, you know, Grand Slam finally, and now you're number one, you feel like you're on top of the world. And um, that's, a, that's an incredible feeling, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, again, only a few guys, I think, that he knows can give him maybe a run for his money here. So... Um, he's going to try to do better than he did last year. I think, remember, he played against Dimitrov in the maybe round of 16 or quarters. I'm not sure. He was up 6-4, 4-1, actually double break, and somehow actually managed to lose a match like that, which was really tough uh, to sort of, I'm sure, for him to, to take it in because, you know, he was on a run there after winning the U.S. Open. But um, everybody likes being here as well, so they want to stay here as long as they can. Um, so uh, lots, of, lots of great stories ahead, I'm sure. Well, we love when you put your commentator's hat on, Tommy. That's why we get you up here. And, yeah. you know, I want to talk about, you talk about confidence. I want to talk about some of the American women that have had some really nice starts to the year. And in particular, Coco Golf, who is looking to make that big breakthrough at a big event. Uh, she's going to turn 18 during this tournament. What right. do you make of, of some of the American women and, and Coco as well? Yeah, I mean, you just said it, right? She's turning 18, and we've been talking about her now for like three years already, right? And uh, she's, I think, seated 16 here, so she's on the rise, as we know. Um, but we're still kind of waiting to see how far she can get into a, doing a bigger event. Um, so I think it's going to be very, very important to see how she gets, uh, you know, the start uh, here of the, the beginning of the matches. And again, confidence being such an important, important thing uh, for every, every player. Um, I didn't see her draw exactly, but, you know, I feel like in the women's side, it's, it's so narrow. Like, I think anyone can beat any one uh, really depends on uh, how you how you get the good start going and 
Yeah, um, you know, there's so many, so many good things. Osaka is back. You have, uh, you know, Badoza is a defending champion. You have uh, Sakari. You have, uh, I mean, Zabalenka. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just endless. So it's going to be very exciting to see. Yeah, and that starts today. Uh, you're the face of the tournament. You're always on the grounds. You're also hitting with players sometimes. Which, which players have you been hitting with recently? Not too many. I had to play a little bit last week because there was another Champion Series event at Sherwood Country Club this past weekend um, where I lost a tight one against Sam Query. Um, but it's a new format, so, you know, it's actually a men's single set yep. and then a, a ladies. And my partner was Jeannie Bouchard. And uh, so she beat actually Sophia Kanan, and then we actually won the mix uh, to, to, to seal the deal for us, which was great fun, um, very competitive. Um, but I played a couple of times with here with Vasek Pospisil. I'm getting a few people asking me to go out there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not so easy because I'm quite busy. But if I have the chance to do a little therapy for myself, then it's usually getting out in a tennis court and uh, moving around. A- anytime you can take your shirt off, right? And why not? The opportunity not, so much, not so much these days anymore. No. Uh, definitely the most fit tournament director in the world. Tommy Haas, uh, thanks for having us here. Thanks for joining us on TC Live. And we look forward to the next two weeks. Thanks for everything. Look forward to watching you guys on Tennis Channel. All right. Tommy Haas joining us here on TC Live today. We are leading up to the top of the hour as we start play. Day one of the BNP Paribas Open. Robin Montgomery taking on Kaya Kanepi. Back after this. It could be the most difficult name in the world, and then if they beat me one time in a race, I'm like, I know your you name. You don't forget them. I will never and forget. I'm coming for you. That's the attitude. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Hi, I'm Lolo Jones, Summer and Winter Olympian. The Pro Tour is one of the most exciting places on earth. The competition is fierce. The pressure is intense. So we created a space where the players could unwind, have an experience that's more comfortable. Welcome to warm and fuzzy. Tandra, come on. Welcome, welcome. I am excited. Oh, yeah? I have heard so many great things. See, make yourself comfortable. I mean, I should take this off and Yeah, relax. get comfortable. Yeah, let yeah, me, do, let me it. do that. Let's, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> let's relax. do this right. <laughs> we have something quite unique here. Ball boy. <laughs> Were you expecting that? I was... <laughs> He's fast, huh? He is so fast. <laughs> So on these uh, balls, we have questions. So I got to ask you, what's your favorite thing about your hometown? But I don't even know where your hometown is. Uh, well, we are not that far apart. We are like homegirls. I am in Lafayette, Louisiana. No way. So you you're are. Like, I'm Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge. Louisiana. Yeah. So yeah. Lafayette, what I know about Lafayette is crawfish. Yes. That's or one of the things. You love crawfish. I love crawfish. Absolutely. I mean, how can you not? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Where is your Louisiana accent? How dare you be from Louisiana? Can you switch well, it on and off? I don't know. Sometimes I think I get a twang. Let me hear it. I, don't, I can't do it You now. can't do it? <laughs> I'm Lola I, Jones. I'm, gonna... I'm from the South. And baby, let me tell you right now, I, I got <laughs> some specialty think, brewing for you on the set. I think you're probably closer. <laughs> you are a former athlete, correct? Yes. How long did you play for? I played... Uh, 15, 16 years. That's incredible. Yes. That, as a professional. I mean, of course, you know, we grew know, up playing yeah. it from way younger. But, yes, as a How professional. How did you get started in the Louisiana heat? I know. It's, it's like 130 with humidity. Well, in the summers when we had our junior program there, in the summers we had to practice at 530 in the morning. Because it was so hot. Because it was so hot. In the middle of the day, you just could not get any meaningful work in. So most tennis athletes, like, they like to play on their favorite is either clay or grass. Yours was probably the swamps, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, it was sometimes I didn't know what I was playing on. Just give me the balls, I'm going to play at anything. Yeah, I think I'm more impressed by the fact that you were able to train in Louisiana than any of your merits. Well, but you're training in Louisiana. (laughs) It's hot there, too, for you. I ran for 12 seconds. What was your longest tennis match? Oh, my gosh. Hours. Just over three and a half hours. Just over three and a half? (laughs) Yes. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, I wouldn't okay. recommend it. How do you get through something like that? I mean, the good thing is being from Louisiana, I literally always felt like I can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Comparing tennis to, you know, now I'm moving to television, which one do you get more nervous for? In some ways, television. Only, wow. only because you have so much more time <laughs> to think about it. Like you just told me about a three-hour match. I know, but, like, <laughs> but once you're playing the match, it's fine. But no, I love the analyzing side now because I get to think about it in a different way and to try to, you know, let them in on things I think about as a top player. And it, that part is challenging and I love it. Do you, do you study your film a lot playing? Not a lot. I, I do more studying now, of course. Yeah, studying other players or studying how other you... Other players. Oh. I hate seeing myself. Oh. <laughs> I hate seeing myself and I hate listening to myself. Like if I'm listening... You chose the wrong profession. No, but other people <laughs> listen, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I like if I have to listen to it like on a tape or something, it just is weird. Did you have a massive grunt? No. You weren't a grunter? Not no, not really. What? Yeah. You're no. missing out. I'm a huge grunter when I go over hurdles. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I'm I'm like part of one of the loudest. But you couldn't hear that on TV though. You or you, you can. can in COVID times because uh, there's no fans. Right. Because in tennis, uh, that's what's different. They're quiet when they watch. That's true. It, that's, um, what's, why is that the protocol for tennis? It's like the gentleman's sport. I think that's sort of how so you're all of this... calling us not a gentleman in track? I guess so. <laughs> I didn't make the rules. <laughs> you got to break this down. Okay. If you're, you're in a three-hour match, I'm out there, come on, go! Would I distract you, really? I mean, if you're the only one doing it, yes. But no, if everybody... But if, I don't know. I've never had everybody do it. Yeah, I guess it's a good like point. Like a basketball game. Yeah. I wonder if the tennis could try that out. But, you know, in tennis, it's helpful when you hear the ball off your opponent's oh. racket. You can really it's, hear it. Yes, you can. So you're trying to make sure of where the contact point is, make sure you're ready. It gives you an idea of how hard the ball is coming. You know, you're processing all of these little things. That's interesting. second moments. And so I think all of that helps for a player. And so when somebody shouts out during the point or they start clapping early, it's very distracting. Well, I've learned so much and I got to visit you in Louisiana and tell you how to do a Louisiana accent because girl, I'm your girl. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. This was great. (laughs) Some Louisiana loving. That was amazing. I think I learned something about Chanda there. TC Live continues after this with some previews of day one matches in the desert. Annika and Ruben Weissman back on TC Live. Day one of the 2022 BNP Paribas Open. Here's our daily schedule. We've got TC Live Every single day, 1 p.m. Eastern, one-hour show getting you ready for first ball at 2 p.m. Eastern. The night session at 9 Eastern, and of course, encore coverage following that. So 24 hours a day, got you covered here from Indian Wells. Let's take a look at some American first-round matches. We've got some seeded players not featured here, some guys in qualies still looking to make it, but a lot of Americans have come to Indian Wells. Tommy Paul, Jensen Brooksby had a nice win here last year. 
Mackie McDonald. You got Stevie Johnson, Sam Query. How about Max Cressy, who had a great season, great start to this year. Seb Corda looking to make another big run. Jack Sock is back out of wild card. Brandon Nakashima, Marco Skiron, former NCAA champion at UCLA. So let's break down some of these matchups. Starting with Tommy Paul and Grigor Dimitrov. They, they played doubles together a couple times last year, so they know each other's games quite well. Dimitrov had that nice run here to the semifinals last year. Tommy Paul has had a career high. Paul, what, what do you make of this first-round matchup? Well, well, two of the best athletes on tour. I mean, we have two great movers, two guys athletically. They're going to do some spectacular stuff. And Grigor, look, he knows how to play at the top of the game. The question for Grigor is, can he get there and stay up there? because he has so many tools in the toolkit, sometimes it's difficult for him to figure out, for lack of a better analogy, to choose which club he's taken out of the golf bag. You know, and it's so much fun to watch him play. And for Tommy Paul, really done a great job with Brad Stein the last 24 months trying to hone his game and get more comfortable using some of his great skill sets coming forward, doing some things where he's hitting second serve returns coming in. That could pressure Grigor a little bit. Um, and I just think Tommy Paul's really starting to feel more comfortable at this level. This is definitely, folks, a popcorn match. We're going to see a lot of great movement, a lot of great athleticism, uh, and I, for one, will be riveted to the chair. Yeah, I think for Tommy Paul, you know, he, you can see him growing in confidence. We talk about that as such a, an important factor for any player, you know, making the breakthroughs, continuing to move up the ranks. He's gotten more aggressive in big moments and matches when he needs to, playing more confidently in the midcourt area. And this is a matchup I think, you know, he would enjoy. They've played a couple of times before, and, and they've had a couple of battles. Um, Dimitrov won that last meeting. But I think Paul, Tommy Paul, he would feel pretty confident going into this one, the fact that he's had such a nice run last year going into this year. You know, I think he's playing at a high. Dimitrov, we haven't quite yet seen, you know, his form, you know, come through this year. So I think I'd give Tommy Paul the advantage in this one. This is a very winnable match. He's in the top 40 now for the yeah. first time in his career. And Back on TC Live, and we apologize for all the technical difficulties we'll be having or have been having. Uh, we're we're going to get those bugs all, all figured out and, and have some clean broadcasts here at Indian Wells. Time to enter the social net. Uh, the ruling came down on Alexander Zverev after what went down in Acapulco, hitting the chair umpire chair with his racket multiple times. He was withdrawn from that tournament, and the ATP given a fine and eight-week suspension. However, it's been put on hold if... Sasha doesn't have another code violation in the next year. Is this the right penalty, or, or sh should he really be suspended, Paul? I think it's a, you know, look, I think, unfortunately, most tours and governing bodies go by the past precedents, and this has been set, in, uh, historically speaking, I, I think it's a really bad decision. Uh, I think players... Uh, have to be accountable and responsible. Um, and, and I think it's a very unfortunate situation. Look, Sasha said how disappointed he was in himself afterwards. Um, but that being said, you're also responsible for how you act and react. And to me, that was frightening. I mean, he, he could have missed and gotten the umpire's leg. I mean, it was really, really dangerous. I think I said this on TC Live a couple weeks ago. I'm not a big fan of double secret probation, which is kind of what this is. You're kind of in trouble, but not really. But maybe, but not really. I don't really like that. Um, 
players have to be accountable, and this is not a good decision, doesn't send a good message to anyone. Fortunately for Sasha, it gives him the opportunity to play, which I don't think is a great thing. I really think there should have been something more done. Yeah, I think it should not have been deferred. I mean, he was given a suspension of eight weeks. It should have been implemented and from the time of the incident. He should not have been able to play. When you look at what he did, I mean, it was geared to be intimidating. He was right next to the umpire's feet literally had to move his legs a couple of times. I mean, it's a very scary thing to be in the chair and not be able to move and to really be stuck and just have to take it. This could have been very dangerous, could have ended very badly. And I think an eight-week su su suspension, it's not that much, actually. So it should not have been deferred um, over the course of a year. But hopefully for Zverev, he takes advantage of this second chance and he doesn't do anything mm. more that actually puts that suspension in place. And, and by the way, after he sat down, he got back up and took another swipe so eight yeah. weeks suspension but you're not suspended if you don't don't do something for a year doesn't sound like a suspension right. uh, to me so nonetheless alexander zverev is here he will be playing at indian wells a uh, more happy topic coming up next we've got former world number one caroline Mosiaki. now you're talking welcome Steve. to the tennis channel family there uh, she is uh, uh, another future hall of famer shall we say it's going to yeah. be on tennis channel and she'll be working with how about lawanda with the uh with the selfie with caro <laughs> there making her debut tonight with Lindsay and pam yeah getting the good stuff in does this count as the debut though the selfies with lawanda I mean, <laughs> yeah once you that get a is, selfie with you LaWanda, get that, that's a step up absolutely <laughs> that's that is that's lawanda hasn't asked me i'm a little bit offended but maybe i'll get in there before the you've tournament's been too over. busy paul no no, no i'm wandering around she can grab me anytime but uh, more importantly to have Caro around with us on the team. How much fun is that going to be? That's going to yeah. be awesome. She's with us here at Indian Wells and Miami. So uh, a new voice on Tennis Channel to provide great analysis, color commentary, and a fresh perspective. Have her and Lindsay played doubles before, or is this the first time? Do we know? know. That's a good trivia question, yeah. Steve. Let's might throw it out time. there. TC trivia. Tweet us yeah, at Tennis Channel. Go. Just send Steve your tweets. <laughs> you get a free bowl of soup if you win, if you're the first right answer. Uh, these are the matches we have for you today. Ladies' Day on day one. All the main draw matches featuring WTA players. You got some Americans in there. Robin Montgomery, Allison Riss, Katie McNally, Haley Baptiste has been playing some good ball. And let's see if Sophia Kennan can turn things around. Got a wild card into this event. As we take a look now at our Flonase match of the day, it features Sophia Kennan taking on Haddad Maya. And uh, Beatrice, certainly a tough matchup for Sonia, but what do we make of this one, Chanda? Uh, this will be a tough one. It'll be a challenge because Haddad Maya has actually been playing good tennis this year. has been you know, getting some nice wins under her belt. She's solid from the ground, strong with her legs, a good mover as well. So it's a match that Kennan will have to break down uh, her opponent. She hasn't had a lot of matches under her belt, Sophia Kennan, and so I think that's going to be the question. Will she start out with that consistency we've been used to seeing her have? especially getting to her first major title. Can she kind of rebuild and, and you know, start to kind of build back in terms of her game? Yeah, yeah, Sophia's kind of in that rebuilding stage, right? We're not quite sure how things are going for her. She's back with her dad this year. Look, we know how great she can be. One of the best competitors out there, one of the greatest, greatest counterpunchers out there, but right now still hasn't found her rhythm yet. So there's still a question mark. And for dad, this is a, this is a great opportunity for her to get someone like Kennan, who's such a great player with not a lot of match reps under her belt. It's a good chance. Kennan's lost five matches in a row. She has never beaten Beatrice Haddad Maya 0-2. So Massive potential for growth, Steve. Yes. 
Positive Paul. Uh, look, glass half full at all times. Uh, Chanda, we've got an All-American matchup. Allison Riss, Katie McNally. McNally coming through quality, so she's already got a couple matches under her belt. How does that help her going into this one against Allie? Yeah, Katie McNally had a couple of tough matches getting through the qualifying, so she's got to feel like she belongs, like she's earned her spot into this main draw, and definitely having that rhythm under her belt on these courts, that I think is always an advantage. It's a tough matchup against Risk, but with these conditions, a little slower court, both of these players would look to try to come in a little bit, try to use the, an all-court game, but I think Risk a little more solid from the ground. So that's going to be the, the question for Katie McNally. Can she break down the risk game, kind of use the momentum she's built? Uh, but Allie Risk, she's been fun to watch, especially when she's playing her best tennis. This should be a good one. Yeah, it can be interesting to see if Katie uses some of that variety, right? Will she sneak in? Will she use some slice balls, try to break up the rhythm? But you talked about the slow conditions, kind of tricky. So it's going to be more of a chess match for both of these players. And uh, I think whoever feels confident and comfortable, more clear about their game in the big moments, that's who's going to come out on top in this one. Right, looking forward to any All-American matchup, the night session featuring... Diana Yastremska from Ukraine, and she has certainly gone through a lot. If you followed her on social media, been aware of what's going on in the world right now, her and her sister were able to get out of Ukraine, and they got to Lyon, and the sister got a wild card. They got a wild card into doubles, were able to play there. Certainly a lot of emotion for Diana, but was able to make the final there. Incredible run is now here at Indian Wells, Paul, and um, certainly going through a lot off the court, but has been able to persevere on the court. Yeah, amazing how well she's played on the court, all things considered. And look, we got to think about all of our friends uh, uh, in the Ukraine, uh, the Ostremska sisters, Sergei Stokowski, the male player who's back, uh, actually up in arms defending his country, and also what uh, Alina Svitolina has gone through as well. So look, this is a very difficult time. Tennis is probably the last thing on her mind, but to see her play so great, particularly last week, that's been nice. Yeah, in some ways you think tennis is such a small part when you look at the bigger picture of what's going on in the world stage and for players from Ukraine with their feeling about family and friends still being there, having to go through it. But it also is an opportunity to kind of play for something a little bigger than just yourself. And we're seeing a bit of that inspiration in Diana Yastrzemska. Uh, she's one of these young players that have we've been looking at kind of coming up the ranks. She's gotten to just around 20 in the world mm -hmm. in the past, so trying to build back. And this is a good opportunity for for her to kind of focus on something outside of, of the tragedy that's going on. She's had that Ukrainian flag draped yeah. over her shoulders after every match. Really special to see, and we're certainly pulling for her, for Alina Svitolina, for that entire country and what they're going through right now. We have got a bunch of matches on T2 as well here as we are debuting. If you got a Samsung TV, you get this streaming for free on T2. Petra Martic in action against Anna Bondar, Anastasia Potapova against Misaki Doy, Clara Burrell of France, taking on Angelina Kalinina, and then the American Katie Volinitz, young American who's had some really nice results, taking on Aranska Rus. Of course, the first match, first on center court today, features Robin Montgomery, who got a wild card here, ranked 361 in the world, looking for her first top 100 win. One of a tournament-leading 18 Americans in the draw, and she will be taking on the world number 63, Kaya Kanepi, playing her first event since making the final eight at the Australian Open. Thanks for joining us on TC Live. Chanda Rubin is going to head to the booth and join Brett Haber for the call. Day one of the BNP Paribas Open gets kicked off after this.